welcome back to another Abundance of Not Looking at Game of Thrones Season 5, Episode 10, the finale, no. Mother's Mercy. Yes. Uh, and this is game or Abundance of Thrones. Did I say not? You did. How, how dare I? Abundance I of Throne affiliated with the Abundance of Not Network. How about that? There you go. There we go. Good yeah, wow. little bittersweet uh, situation today since um, this will be the last Thrones episode for roughly 10 months. And um, we're not all that happy about it. Some people we're not are happy about it ending and we're not terribly thrilled with the episode. <laughs> well, the episode was decent, but what they left us with was not um, uplifting. Talk about leaving a sour taste. Yes. Some people were in corners rocking back and forth. Yeah, holding their legs, whispering to themselves. And to be carried on the plane. Praying to the nine gods to, well, you know. <laughs> I think they're playing to the red god, but we'll get to that in a bit. Um, information on the episode, once again, directed by David Nutter, who uh, we talked last week, but has directed now six Game of Thrones episodes, two of which from season two, two from season three, including The Red Wedding, and now two from season five. Viewership, big surprise on this one. He needs one. to quit. Why? Seriously. Oh, well, every episode he does, he makes us cry. <laughs> Major kill-offs. Yeah. Um, I think he's kind of like ill in pain. You know, they bring him in <laughs> when when they need to, you know, he's thin the, the herd. Yeah. <laughs> Viewership, this episode, big surprise, up Almost a million from last week. The highest viewership of the season, 8.11 million. Everyone was like, oh, well, it's the season finale. Yeah. Might as well watch it. Yeah. Probably the episode they wish they didn't see afterwards, but uh, it's the one they watched. Uh, Episode rating, according to Wikipedia, at 98%. So um, we had one not-so-awesome episode this season. That was uh, episode six in the critic eyes. Everything else has been 90 or higher, which uh, is good for us. And from a report that I was reading earlier this week, uh, apparently this is also the most pirated episode of the season. Uh, Well, that would not surprise me, given uh, some of the content. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Opening sequence of the the show. the director has a new nickname, The Executioner. The Executioner. Opening sequence, we are very accustomed to it. We've had it for most of the season now. We start at King's Landing, travel north to the Winterfell, and then Castle Black at the Wall, across the Narrow Sea to Bravos, into Slaver's Bay for Marine, and back across the Narrow Sea to Dorne. And that about sums that up. Brad, why don't you uh, take point for a bit? Sure. So we open somewhere in the north. Uh, we are between Castle Black and Winterfell. The ice is melting. Winter appears to be receding slightly. And um, Melisandre is very pleased with this. She looks very happy with herself. Yeah, it looks. She her. seems like maybe the action she's forced Stannis to take had some payoff. Yeah. Uh, not without consequence, though. I wouldn't say forced. I'd say more coerced, but all right. Coerced. I think that's a good point. Coerced is is better applied. I agree with that. Yes. Yeah. Um, there was no threatening, but she definitely was persuasive. And she convincing. she yep. sorry. She may have used 
certain events to sway him into her opinion. That's what good uh, manipulators do. Yes. Uh, I put in the show notes here, in quotes, Bolton Banner's burning. This is something that Melisandre said. And uh, I wanted to make note of it, maybe for future season foreshadowing. Um, you know, the show's being of ice and the books are titled A Song of Ice and Fire. And just because she sees the Bolton Banner's burning doesn't mean that it's Stannis' army doing the burning. Well, and I don't remember exactly, but um, she makes mention of standing atop Winterfell. Watching the Boltons being overthrown. She never said with Stannis. I was just say, about to say that. <laughs> Nowhere that I recall in the vision does she mention Stannis being... She assumed. Yes. Because he was the true king. Yes. But uh, I don't believe anywhere in the visions was Stannis actually seen. She Never expressed. Boltons. Yeah. So I'm not... I bring that up because I'm I'm not trying to discredit the character and the visions, but maybe that they were um, expressed to the wrong person or whatever. Well, and maybe she really did see it. Maybe she's, you know, a true prophet. Maybe this is going to happen. And she took the information that she saw in the visions and superimposed it on her own wishes. You know, kind of like too. what we were just alluding to. She saw Winterfell being overthrown, and she read into it that it was Stannis. Exactly. I mean, so. I don't say exactly. That's that's maybe my thought process. But uh, we're dealt a huge blow here. Well, Stannis is. Stannis is. <laughs> uh, no sympathy left for this guy. Not after um, last episode. That's for damn yeah, sure. Yeah. No. Oh, um, you know what? We didn't go into this, and we apologize. Um, if this is your first time listening to us, we do uh, reserve the right to swear profusely if we do choose. Uh, so this a. will be potentially an explicit podcast and riddled with spoilers from the episode. So um, I just want to throw that out there before people start getting too irate. So oh, if yeah. you haven't, go watch it on HBO Now or HBO Go or whatever the ones. You have no right to complain. Yes. <laughs> you, you have been warned. That's right. Okay. Back okay. to the recap. Stannis gets the uh, rather depressing news that uh, half the men have gone, all the swords, and while they were leaving, they took all the horses. Yes. Now, he gets a nice one, two, three blow here. So this he does. is one. He does. This is one. Number so he two. gets called away to come see the men, and they're mostly gone. Yes. Now, another messenger comes. And he's called uh, away he to the woods. Called away to the woods, where he finds his wife uh, hanged from a tree. Yes. Now, and while he's but, there, yeah, well, and we can come back and look at more detail. Yes. Um, while he's there, punch number three. So jab, jab, uppercut. Melisandre has been seen leaving the camp. K.O. <laughs> Pretty total, much. Total knockout. Now, I mean, you can see as we go from from one to the other, his morale just completely draining. 
In short, I think that I think that's totally apt there. You know, he had a one-two to the gut, and the uppercut was a knockout. Yet yeah, this is it. Yeah, your guys did. are gone. Your wife is gone, and now this person that you had been following just left you. Yeah, you are screwed. Yeah. Now the question is here for me is, did she hang herself or did she have help? No, I think she hung herself with the guilt of burning Shireen in the last episode. But you saw also, her decide to be motherly at the very end, and then that guilt was too much for her to handle. But you also see in the scene um, with Stannis and Melisandre that she is kind of draping She's herself over him. Up. Well, but looking where the guy was that was cutting off the rope that was around her neck, she could have been right there and jumped off. I suppose. But Melisandre was just draping herself on him. And when he kind of turned away and walked out of the tent, almost kind of... Actually, he did. He hit her chin with his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, I caught that. He was not happy with Melisandre. At which part? In this episode? Or yes. 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 At okay. the very beginning, when he first gets the news to come see the men... Um, the, we open up with him and Melisandre in the tent. That's correct. Discussing. And yeah. as he, he's pissed already. Yeah, I don't think and he's happy he with the decision. Out, he just kind of, like you say, Wade, just thumps her with his shoulder. Yeah, she was she was draping herself on him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's questionable because, well, we know Game of Thrones, subtlety is key. Well, we know that nothing is going to come of it as we see later on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was under the impression it was a suicide based on um, the murder of Shireen. Because I think after she realized, and this is all speculation from me, uh, that after she realized she wasn't going to get anything from him, she packed her bags. I don't think it was anything from him. I think when she heard that the cell swords and half the men had deserted, she said, well, he's got no chance. I'm out of here. Because it was before it was expressed about uh, Solis. And um, it, that she decided to leave because yeah. she wasn't at the tree. Correct. Which means she, she was left. already on her way out before. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, so Melisandre defects. Stannis is now a widow and uh, a daughter killer. And half his army <laughs> is gone. So that's great. And all his horses are gone. Could that be pedicide? This would be one hell of a country song. That's Holy a great crap. question. I'm going to go with yes. Pedicide. What? How's this pedicide? Well, the, he we, killed we his daughter. We discussed in a previous uh, episode that there are, there are particular names for everything. Yes. For every kind of murder. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, Homicide, suicide, genocide. Fratricide. Fratricide. Pedicide. I was, I was thinking more broken up of the word pet, meaning you know, no, ped, ped as in pediatric. Ped okay. Yeah. I, as in child. There we go. I was like, he didn't kill any horses. What are you no. talking about? They all <laughs> took them. Yep. That's not murdering of animals. So if we're done with Stannis, we can jump back north of the wall. Let's do it. Or not north of the wall, back north to the wall. To the wall. And we hear uh, John telling Sam all about the story of the White or the Night King. Depending on um, which side of the fence you're on. I've heard it seen both ways. And the word we're looking for is filicide. Is that, is that the appropriate term? 
The deliberate act of a parent killing their own child is filicide. Uh, I-O-I-C-I-D-E. Well, I don't this think... has been an abundance of murder. <laughs> I don't think that was deliberate act. I mean, sure, I think he gave... He burned his daughter at the stake. How is it not what deliberate? Did he, he didn't directly do it, but yeah, he gave the agreement too. He did it. Fucker. Fucking He Stannis. was the king. It's his own fault. Whatever. He is to blame. <laughs> We agree on that. Because he is the leader, guilty by association. Yeah, whatever. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we're at the walls. Uh, John's telling Sam about the White King and how he raised his arms. And what do you say? Tens of thousands bodies arose. It was the largest army he'd ever seen. Yeah. And then Sam's wondering about the dragon glass. Clearly that, in Sam's mind, is the only hope to fight off whites. And it's lost. So... We have to do a little callback here to our previous episode, and I must concede. Apparently, there is something special to Valerian Steel. Yes, or you at were least thinking. They think so. You were thinking Longclaw had something extra special about it, but yes, in this episode, it seems very clear that it was just the fact that it was made out of Valerian Steel. In John's well, heart. Wait, no. <laughs> correction, there. Uh, it is believed to be something with Valerian Steel. They don't know for sure. Okay, uh, I will give you that. Because it's posed as a question. Is it because it was Valerian Steel? I don't know. There's not much. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. And there's no more dragon glass. Yes. Well, there's not enough Valerian Steel in the realm. If only we knew someone with a dragon. Or Jeez. three. Or three. Or three. Two of them stationary furnaces. <laughs> exactly. So John's she has furnace in the basement. <laughs> How do you think she kept the Great Pyramid so warm? That's right. Gets Built cold in at, heating at, at the nights in Marine. Can we stay in the wall, please? <laughs> God, sorry. Damn it. <laughs> Fucking rant. So, so John's feeling a little depressed. He feels like he's condemned his brothers and forsaken his brothers of the wall in order to protect the. Um, I actually wrote walkers in the notes, but I meant wildlings here. He should remember that feeling. Yeah. Just and then, saying. It's going to come back to haunt him. Womp, womp, womp. And Sam wants to go to Old Town. He feels that becoming a maester is his true calling. Being at the watch, only knowing what he knows is not enough. And, um, But unfortunately, that means John would lose his most loyal supporter and pretty much his only trusted advisor. I, at this point, I'm willing to say maybe Sam is his only supporter. Um, that's plausible. I, I don't think there's many left that have a lot of confidence in him. Correct. Until the Whites come and they think, wow, we really wish we had a Lord Commander right now. I know, right? Um, hey, John was right. The competent Lord Commander because we yeah. all know who's going to try to take the... And Sam, Sam given a very uh, convincing speech about... If he doesn't go to Old Town, then people will come to try to hurt or take Gilly. He'll probably die in the process, and subsequently, Gilly and the baby would die at the wall. So, um, I like the almost fist bump here that goes between them as being the only two in the Night's Watch that are openly admitting. Um, yeah, yeah, I did that. Uh, but again, we've talked about that's not technically breaking a vow. I like the other fist bump. It was more of in Sam's favorite. You got beat, then you got fucked. Yeah. 
just one <laughs> right after the other. How the hell did you manage that? Exactly. Very carefully. <laughs> and damn, it was good. And yes, I, I believe that was Sam's um, loophole, wasn't it? Yes, Sam came up with, well, look, the, the swearing, the, the oath doesn't say I can't be with a woman. It just says I can't take, take any wife wives yes. and father any yeah. children. Uh, Which pretty adds cut and dry. To very carefully. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. He would make a great politician. I think he, he already has. <laughs> I, I would like to nominate um, Sam as the 999th Lord Commander. Yeah, good luck getting a second on that one. Yeah. We travel back south a little bit uh, to Stannis, and we see that his men are war- marching on Winterfell and Scene. We go to Winterfell. <laughs> I would like to point out that the morale of the troops is at an all-time low. Really? Um, I thought they looked rather cheerful. Did you? Yeah. yeah they looked happy okay. to be alive. I Just think the they groans. all know that they're dancing. Or dancing. That they are marching. <laughs> <laughs> Game of Thrones, the musical. <laughs> We're off to our death. Yeah. They're marching to their death. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, at Winterfell, Sansa escapes her room with a corkscrew. What? Apparently those locks have uh, pretty large keyholes. Which I guess well, yeah. back in those days, it would make sense <laughs> yeah. with the blacksmiths and everything. They don't exactly have fine machining tools available. It's what's known as a warded lock. <laughs> is that what I'm that's serious. known as? Yes, I'm serious. Educate. Um, so, you know those giant old-fashioned keys? Yes. That have the notches in them? Yes. The lock, um, inside the lock has a mechanism that you have to match the pattern. You know, the key has to match the pattern inside the lock before it will turn. Yes. Well, that pattern was called a ward. Oh, okay. So it is a warded lock. Got it. It's just like tumblers, only more simple. Much, much, much more simple. <laughs> and in fact, so much more simple that, like, and exactly accurate, the locks were so easy to defeat because the ward, that pattern, was the only thing protecting the lock, right? With a modern pin and tumbler lock, you have to set the pins at the correct angle to get the tumbler to turn. Yes, with a warded lock, you just got to match the shape. Bypass the ward. Yes. If you can get something small enough to go through the pattern, then you've you won, which <laughs> is exactly what she does. Exactly. And apparently, uh, we find out she's headed to the old tower. Which, if you saw the prior to the episode, it was hinted that the old lady giving her advice about blotting a candle in the old tower, uh, and your supporters will come. And that's where she's headed off to do. So, question for you here. Yes. Uh, it raised a question in my mind. To your theory yes. that Ramsey's office is now in the top of the Broken Tower. He was out assaulting the... Uh... He was. Exactly. But, no, I absolutely agree. And that thought did cross my mind. But do you think marching all the way to the top of the Broken Tower, opening the door to find Ramsey's office... Would have stopped her? 
Um, like it's one thing to post a candle in an empty room where nobody's going to know. Except, except for everybody outside looking, looking at the window. Yeah. Okay. What is that light up there? <sighs> um, but to march into Ramsey's office. Well, it poses another confounding question, uh, compounding question rather. Wow. That um, would she have then realized that Reek, a.k.a. Theon, didn't just rat her out, but was actually going to perhaps light the candle. And then she realized, oh, wow, he was trying to help me. And he just <laughs> got caught in the crossfire. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. If our viewers know, I want to know more. Uh, my Please. interpretation is that it is Ramsay's room at the top of the tower because he interrogated the old lady and flayed her. And um, he just happened to be not be around when she went up to light the candle. I think she timed that kind of well. Well, she knew they were gone. Exactly. Yep. yep. Then we see our good friend Podrick out in the wilderness gathering firewood, carrying a couple hairs. That was, whoa, we're way before that. Podrick saw Stannis' men marching. Yes. Oops. Outside Winterfell. <laughs> With the hairs. Yes. He has hair? He's got a couple. And he okay. goes and tells Brienne. Yay. And right before, right after she turns her back on Winterfell is when the candle is, is lit in the window. Yes. Damn it. She's always so close. So close. He gets so far. She always fucks it up. <laughs> <laughs> but here's, here's my next question, though. Given what comes next, would she have gone to the tower or followed... To her own oath. So this is where my comment comes from that she fucks it up. She has sworn an oath that she claims is all holy and true. And even though Catelyn's dead, she will protect them no matter what. Well, she has two oaths. One to herself mm -hmm. and one to Catelyn. Mm -hmm. Okay, but she forsakes one to fulfill her personal one. She has a grudge against Stannis. Right or wrong is not the debate. She has a grudge against Stannis. Uh-huh. And she leaves her post, and she leaves her charge. Right when Sansa needed her most, she leaves to fulfill her own personal vendetta. Oh, yes. My question I is, if she saw the candle, if she saw the candle, would that have changed her actions? In your opinion. No. Okay. But by having her not see the candle, then we don't have... We don't know. We don't get to see her face that question and make the judgment. She yep. makes the decision with the best ability with the information she has on hand. Just happens to be the wrong one. Um, so, yeah. Then we're outside Winterfell. So we're staying heavy in the north right now. And we see that Stannis crests the hill and he informs his army to set up camp and to go uh, foraging and they're going to siege at sunrise. Or And his commander goes, um, nope, right now. <laughs> yeah, um, siege? No, no. There's no siege happening. Yes. No. So mm -hmm. Soldier points out that the cavalry is riding towards them. I had a question on this. Yes. Well, Bolton was very clear, this is Roos, not Ramsay, that if they stay within the confines of Winterfell, they can outlast Stannis and his men. Mm -hmm. 
That was his kind of plan. We have walls. We have food. Why fight when we can stay in here warm and fed and happy? Mm-hmm. Why then ride your entire force out to meet them in battle if that's your plan? Because My they saw on- how much their forces were destroyed and they go, ah, you know what? Let's just do do this. I mean, just that's, yeah. quick. <laughs> that's plausible. I definitely agree with you there. I was going there as well. My my first thought is that this is Ramsey, not Roos, and there'll be, you know, questions to answer later. But I think Ramsey made the decision exactly based on what Wade just said. You know, this is the second or third attrition of Sanus's army, so we just lost half. Mm-hmm. And then we had lost half before. Yes. And we had lost was that the only two or was that I th- was it's safe more? to say his his fleet has been gradually diminishing since arriving at the wall to now arriving at Winterfell it was oh, yeah. at first some of the cell swords and like 200 horses then and it was lost a bunch of the cold no that was the same one okay yeah we the, the, lost the 200 horses to the cold they said, chop the meat. I mean, no, that was... Right. That was when Ramsey attacked. Yeah. Yeah. Is it- so so the, I think there was one before that. Then you had Ramsey's yep. attack. And then you had the flee after Shireen and marching barefoot. Or not barefoot, but on foot towards Winterfell. I'm sure had to have some form of casualties as well. So you figure Roos's instructions were when Stannis had a force four, five times the size of what he has now, and mounted and armored. Sure. And now it's a few stragglers on foot. Okay. So we're we're going with the side that, based on current intel, that they knew they could wipe them out and rode out to meet them in battle rather than waiting it out behind the walls. And I love the the setup shot for this where oh, the camera pans brilliant. out. Oh, that's so nice. I even said when we watched this, I, I, I turned and I said, you don't survive that. No. You've got an entire army on horseback, not even riding flanking to meet you, you but is totally sides. surrounding you. You, yeah. you don't survive. They're flanking you yeah. both sides. Yep. Yeah. Both sides. You're just done. You're done. I even wrote in the notes, swarms. I mean, it yes. just, it, it's just bad. Now, another question, maybe a continuity issue with the episode. The fighting with the horses clearly happened in open ground. Uh, at least it was it seemed pretty clear the way the how clear you could see Stannis's men and um the Bolton's horseback men cavalry uh meeting each other on the field. Yep. Then we cut to Stannis who's in a wooded area injured um I I don't get it. I would have to go back and look again. Uh, in my defense, I only had a chance to watch the episode once this week. But I believe in that establishing shot, yes, the army is out in the open, but I think there's some woods not far away. Yeah, there were woods be- back behind. So, you know, you figure they're being swarmed, they're falling back. But Stannis was at the re- front line. I mean, they showed yes. the clip where he unsheathed his sword, and he was not only the front line, but he was ahead of the pack, and he yep. was able to retreat back through all his men to a wooded area. I don't know. It just it didn't make any sense to me. No, I can see that. 
Um, so I, I just wasn't sure what happened with that um, from the show. Plot device. Yeah. Oops. And now all the now the bankers in Davos are going shit. <laughs> the now bankers are never going to get our money back. Davos. Davos is Seaworth. His I mean Bravos. Bravos. Yeah. That's are, what he meant. Are we at I Bravos? Know. We're not at Bravos yet. No, but all the bankers are just like, yeah, we just gave this guy the, all this the money. The Bank of Bravos bankrolled. Status. That's right. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, Davos Day- is still alive. They can go get him for it. The Daily Raven <laughs> is going right now. Since Davos <laughs> persuaded them into uh, bankrolling him. That's yep. um, probably his head on a spike. So Stannis is injured in said wooded area, and he's confronted by two of Bolton's men. Uh, he's able to defeat them, but not without sustaining further injuries. And then is confronted by Brienne. Well, they, they gibbed. Stannis. They made sure he wasn't getting out of that area. Yeah, alive. but they died in the process. I'm just nearly saying. They kamikaze the situation. <laughs> and Stannis admits to murdering Renly with blood magic and Brienne fulfills her self-vow to avenge King Renly. Blah, blah. King Renly that's no longer alive. Hence the Avenging. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, he has been I dead since, what, season very, two? I thought this was very, very... In contrast to my earlier statements, I thought this was very um, dedicated, I suppose, of Brienne. That we are now a couple years out from Renly's death, and she's still acting on her role as Kingsguard. Sure. Now um, there were a I few. I don't sc- think that forgives her for forsaking her post. Understood. Over Sansa. Okay. But um, she's definitely dedicated. I'll give her that. I mean, if we look back through the season, there's been a few ish, uh, situations where Renly as a topic has come up, especially in talking with Pod. So, yeah. uh, kind of building up to it. Um, we see Ramsey killing off some of the wounded Baratheons, um, just, you know, making sure the dead stay dead. This will be kind of, kind of hard later on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should don't, start don't, burning don't bodies now. Don't, don't, oh, geez, don't kill them. Yeah. You're, you're only going to have to kill them again. Prisoners. Yeah. You're just going to have to do it again. If you yeah. thought white walkers were bad, get ready for flayed white walkers. <laughs> Flaps of skin dangling in the in the in the icy wind. Nice. Oh uh, yeah, there's a visual. Oh, no, there's a mental image. Yeah, go to bed with that one. <laughs> You're welcome, internet. And back inside of Winterfell. Yes, we have Sansa returning to her room. Well, trying to attempting. Getting a little panicked because everybody's coming back now. When Reek shows up along with Miranda. Uh, Miranda, who has a bow drawn. Yes, she does. Sansa. Now, um, I have a fascination with bows, but I know you have actually uh, played with them. Yes, and own one. If- and own one, yes. If I understand correctly, they are using recurve bows. Well, they're definitely not using compound bows. 
And if I understand the mechanics of recurve bows correctly, she's faking it. Um, well... You're not going to pull it back and hold it under full tension while you have a conversation. Depending on the weight or poundage of a bow, you're right. Um, it's a draw and release. That is action. the concept with a bow. If you're firing a recurve bow and you're firing something at wartime, it's going to have some decent tension with it. I fire a 40-pound bow. I can hold it at full draw for a little while, um, but it's, it's stressful. And the longer you hold it, the less accurate you're going to be because of the tension and stress on the body. To then have a conversation while holding it at full draw aimed at a target, even if that target's 15 feet away, uh, is not going to be the easiest conversation. Now, if I were drawing a bow that was, say, 25 pounds, uh, piece of cake, but a 25, if a 40-pound bow might penetrate armor, a 25-pound bow definitely will not. I mean, that's childish weights. So... Yeah, um, definitely uh, a plot tool or a uh, an expression. It's like holding a pointed gun at somebody. You know, you can't just, you know, hold it without the, the magazine loaded into it. You know, you've got to have the tension that she could shoot at any time. But right. definitely not accurate with, a, with the physics of a recurve bow. Okay. I know that was probably so. way more long-winded than you wanted, but... That's yeah, what I'm going much. with. So <laughs> the up. correct answer is yes. Yes. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> You're such a dick. I um, know. So Sansa's afraid that Miranda is going to kill her. Uh, she confesses of knowing what Ramsay is and knowing that uh, it can, uh, did she say it can't get worse or that it will get worse? I forget. I didn't catch that. She was talking about how she knows what Ramsay is and, in. I thought she said it couldn't get any worse or she knows it could get worse. One of those two. Mm. I forget. And then uh, Miranda confesses that, well, she doesn't need to kill Sansa. Ramsay still needs her alive to produce offspring. But you don't need all of you to produce offspring. You know, an arm isn't going to, you know, really affect that situation. Right. And then Reek has had enough and throws her over the edge. Bum, bum, bum. Is this Reek or is this Theon? Interesting, you should ask. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're starting to see a little bit of a return of Theon. I think so. Because Sansa has pretty much always called him Theon. She's never really mm-hmm. conformed to the new naming scheme of Reek. Right. So I, I'm, I'm going to go with her... Him wanting to protect Sansa for no benefit or harm to himself, although you could argue that Ramsay would punish him for letting Miranda get away with it, but you know it's not a direct effect, right? That this was more serving Sansa than it was serving his own need to survive. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the Bolton men return to Winterfell and. Theon and Sansa decide that the only way to potentially get out of this alive is to jump the wall. This scene kind of makes me wonder. Okay. Now, Theon slash Reek 
tossed her down the thing, right? No, they jumped off the wall together. No, they... What's her name? Miranda. Miranda. Miranda, thank you. Yeah, threw her over the... She screamed. Sure. No one was like, what was it? Nope. Nah, <laughs> we don't care. It was Miranda. It was Miranda. She's screaming all the time. Her screaming. <laughs> but though slut. they'd be like, wait. Wait. Ramsey's wait, not Dion here. Dion wasn't there. Why is she screaming? But someone needs to check this. Oh, wait. No, he's coming in. Just open the door. Wait, never mind about that. Like, really? Yeah. You have a ballot point? Point Wade. So it's like, okay. Two points, Wade. Two points, Wade? Okay. Two points. Two points. Bravos. Bravos. The whorehouse. Yeah, we're back here. <laughs> I forget what the whorehouse is named. We got the name in the last episode, but it wasn't uh, clearly not worth remembering. It <laughs> wasn't memorable. Nope. Marin Trant is examining his options for the evening. Uh, three apparently young girls. Very young from the way we've seen it. And uh, he decides to test their resolve with um, a little uh, foreplay. In terms of whipping. Sure, if that's what you want to call it. I'm sure that's what he's going to call it. <laughs> yep. So he's whipping the girls. The first two scream in pain. And the third one, clearly accustomed to the pain, uh, is silent. He whips again and breaks the stick. Tells the other girls to um, to leave. Uh, he's he's chosen his his flavor for the night. Punches said girl in the stomach. I'm sorry, no. She looks up and parts her hair. Did not recognize this girl. He, she is punched in the stomach, and when she comes to, it is none other. Then our favorite little assassin in training, Arya. Yay. And I screamed and went, yes, it's Arya. <laughs> N- nice little speech she gave him as she... <laughs> she stabbed out his eyes and stabbed him multiple times in the stomach and... In the side. In the side and in the back. Do you think she's been waiting for this for a little while? No, she hasn't been dreaming about this moment for seasons at all. It's not like she's been keeping a list. Right? <laughs> and checking it twice. Yeah. Making sure to kill all the naughties, not nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she uh, she exacts her vengeance. Per previous concerns, she did not do it with the poison slated for the thin man. Nor did she do it with needle, but a dagger... And a face mask. Nor did she do it as no one. Agreed. Well, the fact that she killed him at all clearly emphasizes that she is not made such a transition. Oh, no, I agree completely. But she didn't even try and fake it. Oh, no. Who am I? I am Arya Stark. I am Arya. And you are fucking dead. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Hey, I know you can't see me because I stabbed your fucking eyes out of your head, but do you know who I am? Do you recognize me? You know this voice? Yeah. Well, you do now. Yeah. So, die. Last thing you hear. And well, Ari. Oh, what? In, in, in true Game of Thrones style. Well, no, I think we're fairly certain about this one. <laughs> we don't actually watch him die. His throat is slit. Okay. But we don't watch him die. 
Um, sure. I mean, I'm not going to argue with that observation, but what are you implying? Good, good. But what? What are you implying? That he would somehow survive this? Who knows? That she would let him live? Oh, no. I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now that you bring up that question... <laughs> I mean, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> and so Arya returns to I'll the the mask hall. What are we calling this? We have a name for it. The room of hall of faces. The room of faces. The hall of faces. Okay. Uh, to return what she had borrowed, and she is caught by Jacken and whatever the fuck this other girl's name. Do you is. notice it's the face that she used was still the same uh, face of the girl she gave the water to. Oh, is that who it was? Boom! Oh, I, didn't I didn't that. notice that. <laughs> Good nice. eye. Good catch. That's awesome. Uh, That's what we call in the business a callback. Yes. They liked her face. <laughs> well, you know, it was kind of a nice face. It serves her well. And uh, apparently, even though Trant was a raging asshole, um, it was not Arya's life to take. And in such, a life demands payment. This answers the question from last week. Does it matter which life? Clearly. Clearly. And so we assume Jacken then uh, consumes the poison, but... It's not Jackin. And it's not the other girl. And it's not the girl. And apparently, based on the amount of faces Arya pulls off of this body until she gets to her own face, <laughs> appears to be the epitome of no one at no all one. to the point of, is this purely a hallucination? Dun, they don't, dun, they don't have her face to put on this body. Jackin appears behind her. And then she goes blind. Do we think this is a temporary condition for training purposes? Or do we think this is long-term punishment for um, deceit? I cannot comment one way or the other. Uh, you cannot. Wait, do you have any thoughts on the matter? I don't know. Would you like to take a guess? No. Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> Son of a bitch. A faceless man does not guess. No. Um, all right. So we transition to Dorne. Jamie, Braun, Marcella, and Tristane are leaving to King's Landing. And um, I wrote in my, notes, in my notes Alana, but it's actually Alaria. So I apologize. Um, to me, uncomfortably kisses Marcella. I mean, this wasn't just like a peck goodbye. This was like a little bit more intimate with purpose than that. Well, there's a reason Did anybody that. else catch that that was not normal? <laughs> Apparently in Dorne it must be because mm. no one questioned it. Not even her, okay, by the way. But Even Marcella was kind of like, okay, must be Tuesday. <laughs> I meant more from our point of view viewing characters I mean I thought it was a little strange at the time not knowing until uh, events unfolded well I think in, it was probably a more you know same thing in Dorne as people 
I guess we'd see it as normal, so I guess then Jamie's sitting there going, Well, if no one else is objecting to it. Pretty much. Uh-huh. Um, Brad, I did find that name we were talking about in the green room um, regarding a certain character. And, yes, um, good. Uh, so that'll be brought up later. Uh, apologize for the transition there. Um, so, yeah, we find out, it, it appears to me at least, that Braun is um, a bit love-struck by... A bit? A, a bit? She calls Dang him out bit. cold, and he's like, well, shit. I guess <laughs> she's right. Um, I don't recall her name. Uh, I'm not great with Dornish names, apparently. Nymeria? Nymeria. Is it Nymeria? Could be. Could be. It's one of, <laughs> one of the Sand Snakes is Nymeria. Yeah. So she uh, she calls him out, and uh, so that was a pretty pretty intriguing scene for me. Um, how'd you guys like Jamie's birds and the bees discussion with Marcella? Going back to the, the that one thing is what she said to Braun. Yes. It's it was that really old age from that one song, "Lady in the Sheep," but a freak in the bed. Lady in the streets, you mean? Yes. Not lady in the sheep. Lady in the street. Okay. There you go. Enunciate helps. But Jamie's birds and the bees discussion on the boat. That yeah, was interesting. That was fun, huh? Um, <laughs> not awkward at all. No. But we find so, out that Marcella do you know has. Where you came from? Yeah. When a when a boy twin and a girl twin love each other very much. Oh God. <laughs> but it seems that Marcella uh, has kind of always known her parentage and is glad that Jamie is her father. Didn't see that one coming. No. I'm not sure why she'd be glad anyway. It's not like he did anything for her. Aside from try to rescue her from Dorn. Emphasis on try. Try, yes. Try. Okay. Well, no, seeing as there you is spoiled no try. that. <laughs> well, it was the next line in the notes, so what do you want me to do? <laughs> Go on. So Marcella, while on the boat, after hugging Jamie's nose, starts to bleed. And it is... Right, quite clear to us as the viewers that she's poisoned by the same thing that Braun uh, contracted during his fight with the Sand Snakes and subsequently received the antidote while in the jail upon probably the best tits in the show. Wrong. You want to try <laughs> that again? Debatable. The poison acted quicker. Um, she didn't use any... There wasn't any kind of stimulation to get the heart increasement for the poison so to go maybe through. This was more potent. So and it didn't require a cut to enter the bloodstream. Okay, fuck you guys. So <laughs> she's poisoned. She's poisoned by something. We find out is and the last antidote was on that sand snake's neck. Well, it was a antidote. I don't know if it's At the only antidote. She did say the only antidote in the world. That was when they were in the jail cell. Yeah, the only antidote in the world. Okay, sure. <laughs> points to me. Uh, I have nothing to argue. Uh, no points to be used as fact in this discussion. Either way, Marcella is poisoned. Um, we find out that Alaria is also suffering the effects. However, she wipes off her lips and takes the antidote that is around her neck. So it's mm. quite clear where the poisoning came from. Shucks. What, you thought it was just some gratuitous girl-on-girl action? No. 
<laughs> knowing knowing how much she uh, she hated the Lannister Marcella. name. Well, that was kind and of interesting to me because she approached Jamie in the last episode, expressing how much she knows that um, Marcella had nothing to do with what happened to Oberyn, and even Jamie might be uh, innocent of that. Yet she still goes through to poison Marcella and not Jamie. You know, she doesn't give Jamie a kiss on the cheek that might provoke some degree of poisoning. However, that being said, the poison that Braun had, they did say if even a drop of it touches the skin, didn't say it had to be entered through a wound. Still, the one so, that lasted longer and had to in, be used as Maybe it was diluted. I don't know. And she said it was the only one in... I'm flipping him off for the viewers. <laughs> My middle finger is erect, pointed in Wade's direction. You lose, sir. Uh, that's fine. I'm still carrying Moving out my... Moving on. Marcella's okay. dead. Marcella dun, dun, dun. is sick. Ah. We did not Game see her... Throne style. We didn't see her die. That's correct. And even though Dave and Dan say dead is dead, George says death is not always the end. So... Take your pick. Yeah, on this one, I'm going to go with she's probably dead. Spoiler alert. Um, okay, fine. You want to say that she's dead. You heartless, heartless bastard. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> He's here till Tuesday. On to Marine, the awkward uh, triangle of Jorah, Dario, and Tyrion on who loves Danny most. Uh, Tyrion points out that it's pointless for the sellsword and the disgraced knight. Neither one are worth the king, the queen's uh, side. Not that he's advocating for himself, but he's clearly saying that neither one of those two deserve it. And uh, he points out that, you know, we always want the wrong person in life. Could that be a tie back to Shay? I don't know. I'm going to go with yes. Um, Shay... And his wife. Yes. The other whore. Yes. And we get a, a, a visit from a long-lost friend, Grey Worm. Clearly still mm -hmm. recovering from his injuries in the Sons of the Harpy episode. Yeah. Needing help. Yes. He's not doing so hot, but he's not dead. So he's doing better than Selmede did. So, I mean, <laughs> take that for what it's worth. And um, this is something, kind of a side note after this next point. Tyrion speaks High Valyrian, although his is quite nostril. Nostril, yes. Now You mean rusty? I mean rusty, yeah, that, that's the word. Now, right. we, we knew this from Volantis, because we paid attention to the show, where he understood the red priest, priestess talking in the street. Now, I have listened to other podcasts on Game of Thrones, and they were unaware that Tyrion understood Valerian, to which I shake my head at them. Good job, guys. Good job. Yeah, way to pay attention. <laughs> Sucks to be you. Uh, and then Dario expresses that Tyrion would be of no use to them on their quest to find Danny, that he has experience in ruling along with uh, Missandei, who has kind of the trust of the queen and can more or less speak on her behalf. 
Essentially, they're setting up a little small council, or a mini council, sorry. A mini council. Yeah. And they're saying that the Marinese people will listen to Grey Worm and Miss Sandy since the Unsullied patrol the streets, and Miss Sandy is Danny's most trusted confidant. Once we come to terms with all this, Tyrion's overlooking on the, as he says, heroes riding off to save the queen, and he gets a visit from an old friend. I sure it took him guy. long enough. Right? How long has it been? Three episodes? Jesus. <laughs> Probably longer than that, actually, if I think about it. But well, He disappeared. It's actually more like four or five episodes. Well, he yeah. disappeared. Probably didn't get word that he was in... Marine? Marine to when. Yep. Well... You know, then the... What's it called? The spiders, the little birds, had to relay the message. Yep. Ferris does express that the birds sing in the west and in the east. You just know how to listen. And uh, has another little tidbit of advice for Tyrion that if he's going to rule the city or at least assist in ruling it, information is the key and he must learn which of his friends are friends and which are not. And Tyrion looks like he's about to use not all the tools. many of them are. Um, I'm, and Tyrion's ex- experience... Friends are just enemies that are too close at the moment. <laughs> Tyrion appears to be willing to use all of Varys' tool to his advantage in potentially ruling Marine. Good on him. And uh, from what we get from this next scene, he may be ruling for longer than he thinks. Somewhere in Essos, Drogon is laying in his nest of bones, not doing so hot. No, he took some serious damage from the last encounter. Yep, he's and licking his wounds and he's not too happy about it. And he's been flying yep. for quite a bit, so... Do we know? She doesn't know how long he's, they've been flying. He's apparently uh, flown from... What's the place? Marine to somewhere in Essos. No, before that. Um, where the stonemen are. Well, that was um, Old Valyria. Oh, yeah. So he's had to go there... Come back, yep. say hi, fly off again, come back. <laughs> He's been doing some flying. He's been racking up those freaking flyer miles. Hey, why not? He's a dragon. He could do that. I'm just taking a look to see where old Valyria is here on the map in relation to Marine. Well, we visited there with uh, Jorah and... Yeah, I'm just Jorah. trying to get a reference point for... Um, mm. For my own eyes here. So I want to while say you're looking here, at though. that up, um, Danny gets kind of frustrated with Drogon's temper tantrums. I <laughs> mean, he's not <laughs> doing exactly what she says when she says it. Exactly. Shame on him. Such a teenager. Um, so she tries to get on and ride him again, and he's not having anything of it. Yes. So she decides to explore a little bit if we're going to be stuck here a while. Yeah, she decides to take a little walk. Yeah, and she is fairly quickly found by Dothraki. Dothraki. Now, I'm going to say on record it's Dothraki. They're on a horse. They have the same swords that Dothraki had. Um, I think some other people garb. in the community were kind of confused on it. The main guy had a braid. I don't see what there is to be confused about. Yeah, no, they're Dothraki. 
They have the same kind of garb as the Dothraki, which is just like really tanned animal skins, I guess. Yeah, kind of leather-esque, whatever. Um, so Danny drops a pearl ring. It's the wedding yes. ring. Is it a wedding ring? She was never married. Yes, she was. Engagement ring. Okay. She was married to Drogo, but did that really look like a ring from Drogo? It's an no. engagement ring. No. Let it go. <laughs> well, she kind of proposed to his dar, so I don't know. <laughs> um, and if by propose told him marry me or die, then... <laughs> then yeah. well, I mean, it's a proposal. <laughs> it's, it's kind of not the greatest options to go by, I suppose, but... I took this as she was dropping a clue for people to potentially track her. I think you are correct. Okay. That's kind of the look she had on her face and kind of the intent I felt that she would have in that situation. Um, Talk about a needle in a haystack, though. This is a, this is true. I uh, don't doubt that. But a needle is better than no needle if you know uh, how to look. Sure. Uh, now this was quite an impressive Kalasar. We, I know it's, it was kind of criticized in season one, um, by people beyond us that you never really got a scale for the Dothraki and their Kalasars. Mm-hmm. Now in the book, I think if, or, and they may have mentioned it in the show, but they're supposedly like 40,000 strong. It can be. Yeah. And we never really saw anything that gave us any scale. Now this scene Gave us a decent scale. There's a shit ton of Dothraki here. <laughs> that is a legitimate measurement of shit to know. in a ton. So I just wanted to make a note of that. Uh, this was quite an impressive uh, show of of horse lords. Yay. Yay. Okay. Dothraki back in the picture. That's right. And then we move... Back to King's Landing, or not back, to the first time for the episode. Yeah. Which I was wondering, because when I looked at the time for the episode, this was kind of late in the late in it, and the title of the episode mirrored the actions to follow. Cersei is to confess and does so against the crimes of uh, adultery, essentially, lying with another man while married, and essentially death of Robert Baratheon. The High Sparrow baits her for more confessions, appearing to know more and accusing that her children were not legitimate and were born of incest. And she well, claims... she did confess to incest with Lancel. She confessed with incest to Lancel, uh, but not that... Not, but no one beyond that, and claiming that her children are in fact legitimate, and that was a lie by Stannis, who wanted the throne. Shouldn't have to worry about that anymore because he's dead. But the High Sparrow informs her that the trial will persist. Uh, just because she confessed to some of her sins, she did not confess to all those that were charged against her and would still need to stand trial for those actions. I think she was a little surprised by this. He knows more than he's letting on. Oh, of course. I mean, he flat out accused her of the other crap. Um, But she will go free after her atonement, which was interesting. First, she's bathed and quite aggressively, I might add. And then her hair was cut quite aggressively. Yep. Now, 
I heard the Reigns of Castamere playing in the background during this scene, but it was very slow and very deep, like on a a stand-up bass or something like that or whatever. Um, maybe it wasn't Reigns of Castamere, but I thought I heard some Reigns of Castamere, which were kind of fitting considering uh, the lineage of that song. Well, I heard a... I heard a song playing. I could not place it. I weren't sure if it was Castamere. That's fine. No. That's fine by you. So her sentence is pronounced? It is. Well, her atonement is pronounced. Yes, correct. Trial yet to come. But, And we yes, see her correct. paraded. Paraded, presented before the kingdom to walk through the streets as the gods made her... Naked and exposed. I gotta give Is it to Lena Headey though. Nudity we've seen this season. A nudity it has been very light on. No, we we got. I mean, it's probably the full first full frontal we've seen this season. But we got those great Dornish tits in. Uh, oh, that's right. In we the got, prison cell, yes. we also had the the faith militant going into the brothel. That's right. Um, and there was some scenery there, not um, so well portrayed, but it was there. But I got to hand it to Lena on this one. This was uh, quite the walk of shame, and she did a fantastic job in the facial expressions. To me, at first when she's walking, she's still kind of prideful that she's getting off with just this. And then as the walk continues, her facial expression... It's eating at her. Oh, yeah. It... it it chips away pretty aggressively there. I'm saying aggressively a lot right now. I don't know why. Because you're aggressive about I'm it. I'm aggressive. Yes. You know it. Uh, the people I agree, of... though. I think she did a fantastic job of um, portraying this. Yeah. Uh, exactly as I envisioned it when reading the books. That, you know, she starts off very proud and still full of herself and just over the course of her walk, just gets eaten, eaten from the inside. Which we see is not a short walk. I mean, she steps out of the, the Sept of Baylor and sees the Red Keep, and it's not next door. Not only is it not next door, but you can't get there from here. I mean, the walk is going to take a fairly circuitous route. And it does. Yeah. Until um, left her feet bleeding. Correct. The walk was so strenuous on her bare feet that they were, by the end of it, they were bleeding. Um, did you guys notice the Faith Militant just straight crack a chick in the face? I did, yeah. I was like, yes. damn. <laughs> like, Jesus. These fools aren't missing yeah. around. I mean, not, not to say that they're they're advocating on um, Cersei's behalf, but they're they're making sure that the walk is unobstructed. We're here for a reason. Get out of the way. That's right. That was. I was like, geez. They were, I mean, they were pushing some people, but they just straight cracked this chick. Yeah, yeah. she had a blood pool in there. Yep. And by the end of the walk, uh, she enters the Red Keep, and none other than Kyburn has the decency to cover her up as she stands naked in front of her uncle and. Uh, the Grand Pysel Maester who kind of enjoyed yeah, the view. Pycelle had little, yeah. hey, like, how you doing? He, he tossed up an eyebrow. I was like, yeah. you disgusting fuck. Yeah, you little <laughs> rat bastard. Good to see you. All of you. And then Kyburn introduces the newest addition to the Kingsgarn, Garn, 
It's King's Guard. It's going to knit something. Uh, King's Guard. Sir Robert Strong is the name that I don't believe was said in the episode, but per the source material is the name given to uh, Franken... Uh, God, what was that? Franken Clegane. Mm-hmm. The former Gregor Clegane, a.k.a. the mountain turned Frankenstein's monster, or in this case, Kyburn's monster. Kyburn's monster. Now, Sir Robert Strong has taken a vow of silence until all of the Grace's enemies are defeated and all evil has driven from the world. And That's as a so, momentous task. I'd like to uh, give a little throwback here. Because I don't remember if we mentioned it or not, but you remember Kyburn visited Cersei. Yes. And mentioned to her, don't give up hope, there's options, or, you know, something along those lines. Yes, and she took it to be the... Confession. Confession. This is what I was thinking. Well, he also said uh, the work continues, or something along those lines, too. Which I took to be... His little experiments in his little mad scientist dungeon were going according to plan and uh, not stopping just because she's in a cell. Yep. And apparently he has mastered the art of, I don't know, healing a man from extreme near death. Uh, are we assuming he was alive after the fight with well, Oberyn? If you, uh, we, they gave us a nice look. There were, you know, his skin was gray. It was his eyes. eyes. His eyes were red. He's monstrous in many, many definitions of the word. But as we see the scene, as he picks her up and carries away, they focus on her face and she has a, how do we say, new determined zeal. Yeah. She, uh, hatred for a certain person. She's got some tools at her disposal and appears to be very willing to use those tools. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. Great. Brad, you still there? I am still here. Okay. He's sleeping. We transition to the last location for the episode and... No. No? No. We're not going there. We're not going there? Are we stopping here? (laughs) Are we in denial? This is it. This is the end of the episode. Okay. So Brad is going to depart. Bye, everybody. (laughs) We go to the wall. Davos uh, is talking to John, trying to enlist support and resources for um, Stannis's army. And then Melisandre enters, enters what? Castle Black. And Davos instantly um, comes to terms that if she is here, then something's not going well. Yeah. He asks about Stannis. Um, um, no, think... I believe John asks about Stannis. Okay. Yeah. I may have looked away when Davos I was doing this. But Davos did ask about, about Shireen, the princess. She still stayed silent. Yes. She gave no answer, confirming or denying anything. All mm. the boys are getting the silent treatment. She gave the look and then just, like, turned and kept walking. Yeah. Well... I think if she values her own life, that's the smartest thing to take. Because if she <laughs> opened her mouth, the next question would be, well, how? Oh, well, I burned her at the stake for the Lord of Light because he wills it. And I yeah. am worthless. Uh, so 
we go to John's office, who's reading notes and not very happy with what he's reading. And Ollie bursts in, saying that they found a wildling who knows his Uncle Benjamin's whereabouts. Uh, if you remember from season one, his uncle left the wall to do his ranging duties. His horse returned, and they found no uh, evidence of his whereabouts, alive, dead, or otherwise. Mm-hmm. John is led down. Um, he's confronted by Alistair. And saying that there, you know, the guy might be lying. This wildling might be lying. There's only there's ways to find out one way or the other. And he's led to a sign that reads "Traitor." Interesting. It reads "Traitor" because every single one of these Knights Watchmen are now traitors for once again killing their Lord Commander. Oh, we haven't got there yet. Oh, sorry. Jeez. Did I just skip right past all that for you? Oh, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> Goodbye. So he is stabbed initially by Alistair and is told for the watch. And then by four additional brothers of the night's watch, all saying, I think that term is for now the out. watch. They what? are no longer brothers. They can go to hell. They were so- <laughs> brothers in treachery, maybe. <laughs> and then for the final straw, Ollie, parts the crowd like Moses of the Red Sea with a dagger for the final blow. Question was says, Ghost. For the watch. Yeah. Where the fuck is Ghost? <laughs> now, I he believe had in the one book. Job. Yeah, pretty much. I believe in the book John had locked Ghost up in a room for some reason. So. I don't recall. But uh, that Kidding didn't happen me? in the show. And last time we saw Ghost he saved Sam while other brothers were trying to take advantage of Gilly. Apparently, HBO and Game of Thrones used all their CG budget in that scene and couldn't have Ghost in this one. If, if I was John and I had Ghost, that dog would be with me everywhere I went. Especially, Especially when you know you don't. Especially when you start doing something as controversial yeah. as, well, I don't know, I'd be like, bringing the free folk in? Yes, I'd against s- everyone's desires i'd be sitting there at town at town meetings castle meetings with ghost in front of the table just be like what up try something (laughs) (laughs) you got something to say go ahead say it no seriously say it say it say it (laughs) (laughs) so there are a lot of images floating around the twitter sphere revolving uh you know revolving around game of thrones the first picture is joffrey saying hate this bastard and then ramsey saying we'll never hate anyone more than this and then Stannis saying, die, you fucker. And then Ollie going, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Additionally, there are other pictures of John holding Ghost as a puppy saying that, um, you know, I'll always be with you or you'll protect me or something like that. And like you said, Brad, Ghost, you had one job. Just one. One job. We fade to black as John bleeds out in the snow. So did he die? Uh, I don't know. I can't talk about this anymore. <laughs> That's my crying he, face. He didn't have a slit throat, so. So. And there is I'm a red torn on this one, honestly. Are you? Yes. Okay. The The book fades to black. With him bleeding. 
not bled out. The book fades to black? Are you getting, like, a whole new version of this book? What is this? Yeah, did you get George's executive copy or what? Did it come with Shut a projector? What the? <laughs> did you mean the show fades to black or the book no. end scene? The Fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you knew what I meant. Sure. The, so the, the book gives a similar similar vibe to the show in this point. It does give a similar vibe. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it ends. There is that better. Sure. Fucking ends. <laughs> unresolved. Okay. He stabbed. He's bleeding, but he has not bled out. And this is the end of book five, four, four. Okay. Book Understanding five, that. Yeah. We don't see him again. Correct. But book five, we don't see anything in Westeros. Book five is purely Essos. Yes. So, um, in the post-show interview, the directors have stated that he is dead. Kit's contract has not been renewed like he's been told no no you're dead you're not coming back yes i read an article an interview with kit um yesterday as a result of the episode and he was told or he expressed in the interview that he sat down with the double d's and they told him that look this is what's happening dead is dead um the end yeah um he expresses in the interview that his contract is not up for renewal, um, even though there were stories that it might be. He said those were fabricated and mm -hmm. that he will not be returning to Game of Thrones. However, <laughs> however, yes. could this be a contractual statement to not spoil anything further and have him actually back, but him playing the... Um, Long no, I'm not brother. returning sort of story from a business standpoint. Yeah. They've got 10 months between airings. And and my support for that statement is, why did Melisandre go to the wall? Well, I mean, aside from it being maybe the closest place, she doesn't have anything else there. Or does she? <laughs> we know the red god and priests in at least Thoros of Mir has had the ability to resurrect people who are dead and or dying. Mm -hmm. Dead. Dead, dead, because we saw with the Brotherhood of Banners, dude was nearly chopped in half and just got right uh -huh. back up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, I say for our fellow fans, there's a glimmer of hope. Yes. There's also the other chance that he'll just stand up as a white. Oh, wouldn't that be scary? Um, so yeah. Because we saw how good of a fighter he was alive. Correct. And since there's no obsidian around, right. sorry, dragon glass. Yes. Let's just say that's a Valerian steel. Yeah, he's got the only one in the fucking castle. And... <laughs> Here's here's a nice little monkey wrench. Why would they have that big old long scene between John and the White King, the White the King. White King, if they were going to kill him off? 
there's more to come. See? Uh, I'm just going to say that there's hope. Yes, dead is dead, but dead is, according to George, dead is not always the end. I say for our brothers and sisters out there, cross your fingers and we'll retain the hope. Retain the hope. Join us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. And we'll see you guys for season six. And so our watch begins. Bala Morgulis. Bala Dohiris. Bala Dohiris.